Hello and welcome to a new episode of Two Player Bros. I'm Mike. With me as always is Dave. He is shaking his head. I'm sure he's excited about another new episode. I just don't get why you have to say new. <laughs> <laughs> it's new to us. New to me. Just welcome to Two Player Bros, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Two Player Bros. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some news previews, what we've been playing. All right, well, let's start with some news. There's not a ton of it, but I've got I've got a little bit, a few things to talk about. Uh, first things first, I guess something I read today that has me, I, I don't know if I'm excited or just why. Apparently, Sega has come out with a mini pocket Game Gear, or it's coming out this year. The Game Gear Micro. Have you seen the pictures of this thing? I saw an article and I did not click on it because I just don't have it in me. (laughs) (laughs) I I, want to show you this image right now of the person holding the Game Gear Micro and tell me if this is something you would or even could play. I don't think you can play a game on this. Oh, yeah, that's that thing's small. What is that, like an inch and a half screen? They don't. It is. Yep, it is a one inch screen. It is a one inch screen. Your thumbs are essentially the cover up the entire two sides of this thing. And obviously there's two buttons up top because it's the game gear. It just seems so small. I don't know if I could play it. It's still got the buttons on the front, too. So I I can't see how my thumb isn't pressing both buttons at the same time. The thing comes, it's going to come out in October 6th in Japan. There's no news of a Western release, probably because this is really Japanese. Just the way it looks and the way they're marketing it. It's going to come in how many colors? It's going to come in four colors. So you don't even get a full amount of games. You've got to buy four of these $50 things to get all the games that they're going to offer you. So you're going to spend, drop $200 on four of these little micro things. So they come in four colors, black, blue, yellow, and red. You don't have to. You don't have to. I mean, if you're a hardcore game gear guy, I guess. Do those people, do those people exist? I never really had a game gear. I always played like my cousins or something. Yeah. Our mutual friend Joel had one. That was the, <laughs> that was the game gear I played. And we just kind of watched TV on it. Honestly, <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, I forgot you could just do that because we could. <laughs> so if you get the black game gear, you get Sonic the Hedgehog, Poyu Poyo 2, Outrun and Royal Stone. If you get the blue one, you get Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, Baku Baku Animal. If you get yellow, you get Shining Force 1, Shining Force 2, Shining Force Gaiden Final Conflict, and Naza Poyo, Arle no Rayoks. If you get red, you get Revelations the Demon Slayer, Megami Tensei Gaiden, the last Bible special, the GG Shinobi, and Columns. It's a really weird mix of games that I don't really get. Like You've got Shining Force 1, 2, and Shining Force Gaiden. In one package, but you've got to separate both of your Sonic offerings on two different ones. I don't know. I, I I didn't really have a Game Gear either. Like I said, I'm not even a really a Sega guy. Period. Those games mean nothing to me. Like I, I only really know Sonic. I vaguely know Gunstar Heroes or of it and Columns. Obviously, I know Columns. You did not. Columns list, used to come a game. You did not game, list Streets of Rage, right? Streets of Rage was not on this Game Gear. That's what I did on my Sega, I guess, on my Genesis. But yeah, I was a big, I, I was a big Sega Genesis guy. I had tons of Sega Genesis games, but none of these. Obviously, this is marketed for Japan, though. Most of my Sega Genesis games were more American based. 
more uh, Western based. So I just don't see the point of this little system and having having to, if you're really a collector or you really like Game Gear, having to get four of them. Again, you don't have to. You don't have to. Well, did they, is this even an announcement? Because you're saying it's not even coming to the U.S. So like. The Japanese announcement, I guess. You're trying to go international here. <laughs> I just, it, it's so bizarre how small the thing is. That's what threw me off. Like, I, I wouldn't even have talked about this if it was somewhat larger. If it was somewhat larger and there were a lot of games that I was maybe somewhat interested in in America, I would buy it if it was double the size. But this thing is so small that it baffled me when I first saw it. And I, I was like, I've got to talk, talk about this. Wow, you can't get over it. It's so tiny, Dave. Look at this person's hands. And this person probably doesn't have big hands. This person's hands look like probably my size. I have tiny hands, Dave. This is this is unusable for you. <laughs> and that's okay, because it's not for me, Mike. It just, it was really strange, I think. Who are they marketing it for, I guess? Would I be my question. I think it's neat. Throw it on a keychain. I, I guess it's that cool they can make things that small now, but... <laughs> That was that was something that I was a little interested in and thought I'd bring up. The other thing that I thought was kind of cool and something that kind of ties into what we talked about, I believe, on our last news episode, Total War Saga Troy is going to be free on the Epic Game Store when it launches. We talked about that? What we talked about Epic Game Store and oh, sure, their, yeah. their free offerings and stuff, and I thought that was pretty I'll awesome. About, I'll talk about Epic Game Store every day. Love those guys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing, I think. So a new game in the Total War Saga, which is a pretty big franchise, especially for PC. Like to just launch a free game right when it comes out is, is pretty neat. It's going to be August 13th exclusively on Epic Game Store and it's going to be free for 24 hours. So you do have to kind of jump on it. But I mean, it's not hard to click on it and say, yes, add to my library. Just like you did with Grand Theft Auto? I did do it. Oh, nice. Good for you. Guys. I have to do it for, I think, Civilization, unless that's gone already. It's already gone, bud. Oh. You could do it for Borderlands Collection right now. Oh, that's right. I've already I've already got that on a couple systems. Not <laughs> you just have to click on it, Mike. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> I'll probably do it. Uh, but I think that's pretty neat. It's a it's a really cool way to get people to join your system if if you aren't already on, if you already don't have the Epic Game Store launcher. Offering a free game that's a big franchise like that, even for just twenty four hours, is is a pretty good incentive to say, hey, get our stuff. So as soon as you jump on, you'll see a list of all their other games, and I'm sure they'll have some kind of sale to entice you even more to buy something else. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, what is Total War's relationship to Epic Games? As it's a, far as I know, they're made by Sega. I don't believe that they have anything that I saw that they have a relationship with Epic Games in general. I know all the games are right now available on Steam. They're not exclusive. But hmm. maybe this is the start of something. I mean, clearly it's the start of something because this will be exclusive, but I don't know. Maybe people are just getting sick of Steam's breakdown of what developers get over what Steam gets per sale. And it's finally, you know, their monopoly on PC gaming is pretty much over. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's where it's headed. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm a I'm a big fan of the Total War franchise. I remember I played Rome a lot. I know you played Rome as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only one I had, though. I don't think I had any other ones. So I'm, I'm excited. The Troy ancient Greek kind of thing seems really interesting to me. And I believe there's a way to honor gods and they help you out in this game. So it's got a little bit of a fantasy element, even though it's still mostly grounded in reality. So I'm interested to jump back into a, a war game because it has been 
a while since I got a Total War game as well. So I'll cool. definitely be picking that one up. I think that's a pretty neat thing. I'll click on it. <laughs> Probably won't ever play it, but I'll click on it. Right. <laughs> I think of I think we've talked about it before as well. I, I know I've mentioned it that I think the one game that you can really only play on PC or that really normally only works on PC is a strategy game most of the time. I I haven't really tried to play a strategy game in a long time. Just because. <laughs> um but yeah, I'd only have ever played one on console that felt good. I can't even think of playing one that felt bad either though. So <laughs> uh StarCraft 64 wasn't terrible. It was usable. Never played it. Really? Yeah, we never played it together. We never did a multiplayer match. That was a good time. Nope. If I'm gonna play StarCraft, I was gonna play it on PC. <laughs> <laughs> so the last bit of news I got is I think kind of cool to me. I don't know if you're gonna really care because it's attached to a spaceship game, but uh, Elite Dangerous has is gonna come out with an Odyssey expansion early next year, and it's gonna let you leave your ship, walk on planets, have first person gunfights, and essentially it's gonna rival uh, Star Citizen essentially at this point. So Elite Dangerous, for those who don't know, it's kind of a flight simulator game where the entire Milky Way galaxy has been recreated as much as they know in terms of science and stuff like that. So you where, where they know there are planets, there are planets in orbits, and they all follow exactly how it's supposed to. And the rest is all procedurally generated, but all works within what scientists know about the Milky Way galaxy. So it's billions and billions of star systems that you can fly around, fight pirates, and trade with space stations. But it's mostly just... Go to space station A, get 50 tons of iron, go to space station B. It might take you four days. Drop off that and go to another station, upgrade your ship, occasionally have fights with pirates. There is a multiplayer expansion right now where it's just gunfights, which is kind of cool, but it's like a deathmatch mode. And there is like an ability to go on a moon buggy. But with this, it really opens up the door to go on space stations, go down on land, actually build bases, talk to people, trade on planets have people on ships attack people that are on planets doing fights and stuff like that. So it becomes a more immersive kind of space sim, which I think is really cool. They don't say how many planets you can land on, but with the scope of Elite Dangerous, it really makes it more of a space sim when you can get out and move, I think. Let's you uh, explore all that space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, one, of the, one of the things I really like about No Man's Sky is the ability to be in space and land on the same time. You don't even play No Man's Sky, man. I watched you play it. That's all I needed. But like, have you watched me play it recently? It's so, there's so much more to do on No Man's Sky now. Uh, you named some animals. <laughs> I, was not, I was not vibing with it. So the ability to create social hubs is really cool, too. You can actually form alliances in your own Kind of, it seems like you can create your own kind of shipping companies a little bit, which is a little bit more in line with, I think, EVE. Although I don't think that Elite Dangerous has its own economy like EVE does. But if it does, I think this has the ability to maybe become something close to an EVE Online kind of an experience. I'm now thinking that I have never played Elite Dangerous. I don't think you have. I just don't think you'd like it. Um I've played Eve. That's the one I was thinking of. Eve is. I thought. I thought yeah. we were talking about Eve this whole time. Oh no. So. <laughs> Eve is more like a top-down, like a Diablo for ships kind of a game. I would imagine. Like that's the closest thing I could describe it. You want to call everything a Diablo game for some reason? <laughs> it's really weird. Everything is a Diablo game, Dave. 
<laughs> Absolutely not. Um, whereas Elite Dangerous is more of an actual ship sim. You're actually flying three-dimensional space and shooting stuff and docking and launching and stuff like that. I, I enjoy it, but in a it's 10 o'clock at night and I feel like just transporting some iron to this other space station real quick kind of a thing. Like when I think of like games to like blow just like just to blow 20 minutes or whatever. Transporting iron is not what <laughs> I have in mind. That doesn't sound like a good time. Well, it's just flying. It's something where I'm not like having to worry about somebody shooting me in the back and nothing too twitchy and stuff like that. Yeah. Play some animal crossing. <laughs> <laughs> I do that as well, which I haven't played it yet, but the wedding, uh, Harv's wedding Island invitational has begun. Why haven't you and Elise ran off and gotten married? Can we actually do that? I don't know. I mean, I don't believe you can. I think you're just taking photos of two other Animal Crossing characters who do want to be married and you go down and you help them take photos. Yeah, but you definitely get like wedding recipes at least. You You do. Yes. I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Well, I'm telling Elise. (laughs) Well, why haven't you done it yet? You want me to marry your fiance? No. You got you got Animal Crossing villagers. <laughs> but yeah, you complete photos and activities with them and then they'll get you different themed items and stuff like that. Probably all the same themed item. I imagine so. Wedding themed. I'll do it. I'll try to get some items, but honestly, that's very that's a very specific theme, just kind of like the Easter theme is. I I want more all arches basically. That's my big complaint about the game right now. Arches? I want arches. I More than a, just a stone arch. I have a stone arch, I was going to say. I want a brick arch. I want, I want to be able to put archways on your, your fenced-in area. So if I make a fence, create a gap, I want to be able to build an arch there. That's kind of what I'm going with now when I'm deciding my island. So, Hey, you know, just let Nintendo know. and I'm letting them know now. Maybe. Nintendo, I'm putting you on notice. I need arches. I have noticed. I have gone on somebody, other forums. Somebody mailed this podcast to Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually gone on, um, when I looked up, if there were arches and stuff, I noticed a lot of forums and Reddit things were like, hey, if there were other arches other than that one stone arch, that'd be cool. So maybe I'll add. I know they want to keep adding to this game, which there's a lot to do already. But, you know, being in quarantine, I think a lot of people exhausted their Animal Crossing options way sooner than they expected. Maybe. I don't think so, though. No? I mean, you, still, you still on every day? No. But I did my museum. That's really what I play for. I mean, I I log in maybe every other day right now. Word. But that's what Animal Crossing is. Just something to check in with. You're not supposed to have, you know. You've played for what, like 125 hours probably? I played a lot, yeah. So how much do you want out of this game? <laughs> I'm I'm good with where I'm at in this game. I played it way more than I thought I was gonna play it for, for sure. I'm enjoying creating my island, making paths, buying eighty thousand street lamps to put on my roads. So that's that's what I do now. I just make street street lamps. I just buy street lamps hmm. and rearrange houses. But that's all the that's all the big news I've got going on. I mean, in the next week or two, we're gonna have a lot more news. There's the there's the summer of gaming that IGN's putting out. Uh, I believe starts next week. There's the Cyberpunk showcase that ends. It's at the end of the month this month. So I think we're gonna get a lot of game information going forward. But this last week and a half, two weeks has been light-ish on gameplay. The only thing, I, well, there was the Last of Us 2 state of play, but you and I didn't watch that because the game's coming out so soon. We didn't want to spoil too much for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing for me to see there. So. And we had the 
the PlayStation 5 conference was supposed to be tomorrow, but that's mm-hmm. not happening anymore. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be soon as well. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? All right. So that's it for news for now. <laughs> so, Dave, what have you been playing this week? Nothing really. Just just Sekiro for the past couple of weeks. Did uh, Tsushima kind of light your samurai fire? So you wanted to play it a little bit? Yeah, that, that was probably the spark. I had I had bought it last year and started, only played for like an hour or two and then dropped off just because some other game came out. I forget what it was. But now I'm in it, baby. I'm there. You've been playing a lot. You've been you've been really I feel like you've been really digging it. You don't yeah, usually text yeah, no, me about playing it. I've probably played over the past two weeks, probably about thirty five hours. I'm on the end boss. I just can't beat him. You've so. been on the end boss since uh we're recording this on a Wednesday, Dave. When did you get to that end boss? Probably Sunday. I don't know. It's taking a while. Well, it's, I mean, I am playing for 25 to 30 <laughs> minutes a day because I'm exhausted from work. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's why I'm a little low energy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your favorite parts of Sekiro? What, what really, because you said you don't, you're not a big fan of Dark Souls. What makes this game stand out to you more than I would Who say Dark Souls? I wasn't a big fan of Dark Souls. Uh, I texted you some about I like Dark Souls and you said fuck Dark Souls you wait so you're saying that you texted me Mm -hmm. and in the text your words were I like Dark Souls and my response to you was fuck Dark Souls I think I said I like Dark Souls a little better uh, because we were talking about had I tried it yet and then you said a little better than what Sekiro wow your response was fuck Dark Souls and maybe you were just really into Sekiro at that time I don't know I just feel like you're putting words in my mouth. I'm not putting words. I'm putting text in your mouth. Well, I mean, they're words when you say them into a <laughs> microphone, Mike. <laughs> Are you going for the evidence? I'm trying to go for the evidence. But you texted me a lot of secure stuff. Uh, we talked about Red Sucks because Red Sucks. I said, I played a bit of Sekiro. It was an okay time. I think I prefer Dark Souls 3. But Sekiro was a bit less frustrating. Fuck Dark Souls. <laughs> Dave Cannon. Uh, Time was 11.45 p.m. The day I don't was a Saturday, May 23rd. I don't stay up till 11.45 p.m. Someone, a, someone stole Saturday. my phone. <laughs> someone stole my phone. I wouldn't have said that. Well, regardless, what makes this stand out from Dark Souls to you? I don't know. Dark Souls kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so Sekiro is definitely a lot faster than Dark Souls. Dark Souls, you have so many different like choices in terms of like class that you can build, but Sekiro is like super refined around just having a sword and then like a few alternate abilities. The gameplay is definitely a little more like twitchy and action oriented than Dark Souls. And I feel like it they've really just kind of like perfected the timing and like the fluidity of everything. Like it just it feels really, really good. With Dark Souls, I would often feel like uh that I was getting beat because the game was kind of like sloggy and slow. Mm-hmm. Like you needed, you needed to like plan your attack two seconds before you even made the attack <laughs> in a lot of cases. Yeah. In my, in my limited experience no, with Dark Souls to be that's fair. That's about right. Yeah. Because I, I usually put like two hours into every Dark Souls. I'd be like the first two bosses. And then I say, this isn't really for me, but Sekiro is so fast and it's all about parrying and dodging and counterattacking. It it's really one of the best combat systems I've I've played in the game. Not to mention I don't really love the Dark Souls aesthetic. Like the whole like 
underworldy like graveyards and swamps and everything. I think there's a little bit of that in Sekiro, but Dark Souls kind of like really leans into that like Nether Realm kind of. Yeah, Dark Souls always looks to me like medieval, the game medieval, but like the rated M mature version of it. Yeah, and that's just not an aesthetic that really attracts me to begin with. Sekiro being feudal Japan or whatever, like yeah, I fuck with that. You know, <laughs> um, the the colors in Sekiro are a little bit muted as well, so they're not. It's not the best artistically but no i just i just like the combat a lot the combat feels really really great i never feel like i'm getting like cheated i die a lot but it's definitely my fault mm-hmm. um and i really feel like it's one of those combat systems you can master there aren't many games that do it as well as Sekiro does it i can only think of a couple examples and none of them are even like the same combat style just like like batman arkham asylum i must have spent dozens of hours just doing the challenge maps. Yeah. Trying to, you know, three battering everyone, which I did. Um, (laughs) And just like that, that whole concept of trying to plot everything out and execute all your moves in the same combo and everything. Not to say Sekiro has a scoring system at all, Um, but just like that factor, right? You just keep coming back because the combat feels so good, you know? Kind of like the, third person action version of doom eternal how we talked about doom eternal was kind of that perfected first person combat yes but no because you can't mask doom is just kind of like it's, it's good but you can't master it it's just kind of like it is doom eternal feels exactly how it should feel it's it's great like i'm not complaining about doom eternal right. i mean i i sat here and told you how wonderful the combat was in that game for an hour yeah a couple <laughs> a couple months ago but after i beat doom eternal I have no interest to ever go back and play Doom Eternal again. Like the combat isn't that attractive. It just felt really good as the game was going. Right. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Like Sekiro, as soon as I beat this fucker, (laughs) I'm probably going to start. Like I know I'm going to start new game plus, uh, especially because there's alternate endings. So I want to play through again um, and get the other one. But yeah, it just feels really, really, really great. I will say like, you kept trying to sell it to me and I was just like, nah, nah, nah. But watching you fight that one guy, it did look a little bit more fun than I remember playing. And I did, I don't remember the system. What was it called that you were talking about? The position system? Uh, posture. The posture system. I forgot all about that. Like that was really interesting to me. It almost made me want to go back and try it out because I think that's a really interesting gameplay system. I, I really recommend that you do. Um, yeah. So you have your, there's two ways to kill an enemy. You can either just deplete their health, their vitality by just attacking them and chipping away at it. Or if you execute everything perfectly as you're playing, you know, if you counter all their attacks and lay your own attacks in and everything, you can build up their, their posture meter. And if you break their posture, you can hit them with the death blow. So I've had people that are at, you know, 90% health, but because I've laid everything out right on their posture, I can kill them you know yeah with the death blood there and it just feels really really satisfying all that stuff there i think it's really good to reward you for playing it right i i feel like i get a little hyperbolic on the podcast a lot (laughs) so i don't want to like oversell it oversell (laughs) it but it's it's really really great i mean it's again i get too hyperbolic but I, it's the best game I've played this year, you know, and we've played some really great games. It's definitely the game that stuck out the most to me that I've played this year for sure. 
Interesting. I mean, it came out last year, but it's my game of the year. (laughs) (laughs) I also like more than Dark Souls, just in that all the enemies are more humanoid. Like you're not fighting these giant beasts or anything other than like one specific example. They're all like just just dudes. And it it feels like you're on even footing with everyone you're fighting. It's not like a. You know, a 12 foot tall giant or a 18 foot tall giant that kills you in one hit with this hammer or whatever, like Dark Souls and. I, I never played Bloodborne, but I think it does the similar stuff like that. Bloodborne, yeah, similar bad guys, but different setting. <laughs> I, I I like the more human approach to uh, to Sekiro. Nice. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Nice, nice, nice. So I played Maneater Boo. this week. It was, a, it was a fun time. The beginning of the game, like you said, you gave up at the first 40 minutes. The first 40 minutes kind of sucked. Being the baby shark is kind of the worst thing ever. So the game starts you off as a pretty powerful shark, able to eat people. I mean, the game's not too complicated. Yep, it's and tail whaps and that part jumping too. and eating people. Um, but it's still fun. Chris Parnell plays the voice of the narrator. The whole thing's done like a Shark Week documentary. And your shark at the beginning is murdered. A baby shark gets ripped out, who you end up playing as, by Scaly Pete, who's a terrible shark hunter, whose father was killed by a megalodon, so he claims. And of course, over time, you become this megalodon. And uh, become his new white whale to catch. So when you start out for your baby shark, and it's kind of like Feeding Frenzy or any of those kind of games where you're tiny, you got to eat smaller fish to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Feeding Frenzy is way better than what I played of, <laughs> <laughs> of Man Eater. It's the, the, your baby shark is overpowered pretty much at all times. You have to chew even the littlest fish way too much. And the, sw- the place they throw you in blows because it's a swamp where you have like no movement. Yeah, it's terrible. And you can't see. And it's just a bad way to start the game. And I was I was in it because I knew it wasn't going to be a very long game. So I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep playing. But I, I did kind of regret what I did in purchasing the game. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to beat this. And then as I got into the more open waters and my shark grew, which happened about an hour and a half in, I was already a big enough shark that I could kill pretty much anything. I don't know if I could do another 45 minutes of this game. <laughs> It's, it is rough. I'm not going to say it's not rough. And it is a very simplistic game. I don't recommend anybody beat it as quick as I did because combat does wear thin. It, there's, you're a shark. You do shark things. It, you don't have a gun or anything like that. It's, I'm sure it wears thin, but it doesn't even feel good, Mike. Like, it started to feel good. The bigger I got and the more I got into jumping over things and more on land. I, would, I was constantly trying to eat stuff and my shark would just zip by it. That does happen. Like, the targeting system is completely broken in the game. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was in control of my shark at all. Like, and it was really, really pissing me off. And then alligators started eating me and I was like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there's a targeting system where you're swimming. You're supposed to press the R joystick and lock onto things. But as soon as you turn your camera, you stop locking onto them. You either lock onto something else or just lock off in general. And... The movement of the shark is nice when you're not trying to target things. The thing I had the most fun with in the game was exploration, going through, checking all the nooks and crannies and getting everything in the game and upgrading your shark. You can upgrade your shark in two ways. You can go electrical, bioelectrical shark, which is really cool, by killing the other creatures in the ocean and killing the apex predators, which are like orca whales, great white sharks, uh, big white. You basically fight Moby Dick, a big white whale with chains and a po- uh, poker in them. And you get this bioelectrical equipment that'll help you disable boats and shock fish and stuff like that which is really cool and then if you kill all the boaters and you kill the bounty hunters that come after you which are basically bosses the more basically wanted levels you get you get 
bone material, and basically you get bone armor over your shark. So I thought that was cool and kept me playing. Do you get all three different... There's three different ability types? There are three. One you don't get until the very end after you beat in the game. Do you have access to all those skills at once, or do you have to choose... I want my bone head or my EMP head or, or do you have both at the same time? Does that make sense? You have to, yeah, you have to choose which head, which fin, which body, which tail, uh, you want. So you do have, you can mix and match, but you are going to be stuck with one specific body part is going to have one of those three things, Mm -hmm. which does kind of stink, I guess, but honestly, you're so powerful with either or, and they do different things. It seems like the game should really lean into the power fantasy of it. And just like make you super, super sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could have gotten a little bigger. You get you get really big, but you never really reach Megalodon size. Like the white whales and stuff were always bigger than me. But you do get pretty large. The Chris Parnell's commenting on everything you do as a shark is pretty funny. He'll throw out real shark facts and ocean facts, but then he'll throw out some really funny fake facts about like how, you know, now that you've got shark hunters to come after you, shark hunters now will post their bail and come out and destroy the sharks so they can pay for their $1 margaritas at Lazy Joe's. And different locations will talk about how like different apartment complexes were made by dumping oceans and bribing politicians and the exploration of finding landmarks are all based on like other movies. You find like a UFO or other games in the uh, tripwire pantheon. Does the game have a message? No. No? The game It does have a message. It's definitely anti-pollution anti-people taking over too much of the ocean but at the same time your scaly pete bad guy actually becomes a very sympathetic figure as you go on you learn that he's got a son and he wants his son to kind of be like him but he's sending his son to college and why is spoiling manhunter that you find out basically in the first hour that he's got a son well you know what (laughs) you ruin that first hour for somebody (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you do get the you do feel a little sympathetic towards scaly pete as the game goes on and I was a little surprised about that because he's so overblown at the beginning and you think he's supposed to be a character and we're not supposed to root for him and you don't. But at the same time, you kind of understand where he's coming from in a weird way. And I thought that kind of muddles the message. Plus, the whole thing is about don't kill sharks, don't go hunting and over killing things you don't need to kill. But your shark is clearly jumping on beaches and ripping people's heads off and, and murdering people on golf courses. He's got to go. <laughs> So it's got a message, but it's very muddled. Hmm. But I thought the exploration was fun. It's a game that if I wasn't trying to beat it to talk about it, I would have sparsed out here or there and just played it every once in a while, like maybe for an hour if you're doing the summer once or twice. You didn't need to beat it, bud. <laughs> that was a, a just a poor choice on your part. <laughs> I, I started to enjoy it the more I got into it. The bigger my shark got, the funnier the jumping on the beach and doing stupid stuff got. And it is a very short game. I beat it like over a weekend. So you played a lot that weekend. I did play a lot that weekend. How long was it? I mean, I read it was like 15 hours. That's the biggest reason I was like, I can't do this. Like, it was no probably, way. I probably played for about 15, 20 hours. If you look at my yeah, time a, though, it says 175 hours because is, it did not uh, stop tracking it when I turned off my Xbox. For a game where you're just a shark and you don't have much to do, that's a really long game, Mike. <laughs> well, I 100%ed it. So just to beat the story missions, it's probably only 10 hours, maybe probably less. It's probably only six hours or so. I don't know. I, read, I did a, all I read my 15 from a couple people and I was like, all right, they, 15 story or 15 total. I think it's just 15, like story. Could, I don't know about 15, just story, but I don't know. Yeah. 
I thought it was a decent time. I would not pick it up for full price. I mean, I think it's only 40 bucks, but if this was on sale for 10, 15 bucks in the middle of summer, I'd get it and play it. That's it's a shark game. If I mean, if a new Echo to Dolphin ever came out, this game would, I'd shit all over it, but I, I miss Echo, so it's the closest I'm going to get. <laughs> What's Echo been up to? Where's he at? I don't know. Probably still in space somehow. <laughs> so on my road to Valhalla, Oh, I, this uh, fucking thing. <laughs> I finally beat Black Flag. I played a lot more from the last time we played. I only played a little bit. I actually started to really enjoy it more. I think kind of we talked about for The Last of Us, the graphics that I didn't like at first started to I started to appreciate the detail in them, even if they weren't super smooth. And I started to go into more of the city type areas like Havana, uh, some more forts and a couple of other island towns where it felt a little bit more Assassin's Creed. There were more buildings. It wasn't just me running around. I do have the same complaints about the game I had before. Combat still needs a re- a big work rework. You know, the parkour sometimes you'll jump on things you didn't mean to or climb things that you shouldn't have. But overall, I found the game pretty fun. The story was not there. <laughs> but it was just really fun being a pirate and getting back into Assassin's Creed and really made me interested to jump into the next one. So I really enjoyed my time with this one, but I'm so ready for the the game to upgrade and I don't want to get too much into Unity. I'll get into that next time. I'm already halfway through. The jump between Black Flag to Unity was so refreshing at first. But again, a lot of the Black Flag stuff is still coming through. So I'm I'm still waiting to see that kind of evolve over the next couple of games as they've gotten on online at least better and better reviews. I'm waiting for them to increase. But I'm always going to miss that pirate stuff, I think. Wasn't Unity the one that was trashed completely? Right. So Unity, when it first came out, was broken. Uh, trashed completely in most reviews. But since then, they've patched it. They gave people a bunch of free stuff to go along with the game because of how broken it was. Uh, it took over a year to patch it and get it fixed up, which I'm glad I took so long to get back into it because the game I'm playing now is beautiful and almost bug-free, but the game has crashed on me a couple times, more mm-hmm. than most games. Uh, well, you, you said next but week. I'll, I'll talk about that next week. But Although any time, if the game's crashed on you a couple times, that's it's, pretty it's broken. Much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Overall, I, I enjoyed my time with Black Flag more than I thought I had before. And I'll always miss the pirate stuff, but I'm ready for Assassin's Creed to kind of change and evolve because after seven games of the same thing, it needs it needs that refresh that I think it gets starting at Origins. Now, are you saying that because you know the refresh is coming? I think that makes me a little bit more excited to keep playing it and seeing how they're refreshing even, you know, going into Unity, it's a little different, but I don't want to get too much into that. But yeah, knowing that it's going to change, I'm interested to see the evolution of that change as they go forward. Because they they say it's, Unity is a completely different combat system, and it's not, and I'll get into that. But it's nice to start to see some of these quality of life improvements that start to finally shine through. Although Unity has no pirates. <sighs> no pirates? Get out of here. Right? Even my Native American dude in the Revolutionary War had a pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I enjoyed Black Flag and I'm glad because at first I didn't want to keep doing this Assassin's Creed stuff if it was going to keep being Black Flag. So what do we have left? You have Unity? Unity, which I'm halfway through. Syndicate, which I'm really excited for because the idea of London, right? London, Jack the Ripper time, Sherlock Holmes time is really exciting to me. And I hear it's very tongue in cheek, so it's not as serious as the other games. Uh, then it's uh, Origins, which is Egypt, which I'm really excited about. And then Odyssey, which is ancient Greece, which I'm excited about. But I think I'm more excited about the Egypt thing. Isn't there one called Liberty in there somewhere? 
Liberty was, I believe, a PlayStation Vita game where oh. you played as an assassin in New Orleans in the 1700s. So I will not be playing Liberty. There is also Rogue, which came out at the exact same time as Black Flag. Yep. For yep. just Xbox 360 people. But I don't think I'm going to play that one. I think, it, that, I think that's out on Xbox One now as well. It is. It came out this, this past year with the, all the old ones and the remaster of uh, the Ezio collection. How are you going to skip this one game? You got you to gotta do it. <sighs> you got to. Maybe. If it's on sale, I'll go into it. Just play the story missions. Cool. But yeah, that's my, that's my road to... Road to Valhalla. Chugging away. All right. So I think that's all we got for right now. You know, you had nothing, so that's all I got. Yeah, no, it's just I got nothing. <laughs> it's not a wasn't a big week for games. No, bigger, bigger week for some other stuff. <laughs> couldn't couldn't really focus on games too much this week. Nope. Um next week though, we're gonna do our Post game presented by two player bros on Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. Oh, we didn't do our post post game. Oh, we talk a little bit about. Well, did you have anything about Last of Us that you felt like we missed or anything? No, I mean, I will say that we didn't even give multiplayer a chance. So I don't want to poo poo it because I know a lot of people like it, but. Eh. Well, I'm offended because. Did you give it a chance? Well, I didn't give it a chance on the replay here, but. On PS3, I played a ton of it. Oh, really? Yeah, fac- Factions is... Right? It's Factions? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Uh, it's really fantastic. It's it's a shame it's not coming to number two. Um, what's really cool about it is it, it meshes... I don't... All right, I don't like shoot-in multiplayer. Hate it. Right. The Last of Us multiplayer actually feels like it belongs. Like it uses like the crafting mechanics and the stealth mechanics from the single-player game in the multiplayer experience. Um, and it, I was really impressed with how, just how great it felt. Yeah. I just really like it. <laughs> no, that's cool. I didn't really give it much of a chance on PS3. I played like one round. It's still pretty active on PS4 from what I understand. So you still have a chance, Mike, we could do a post, post, post game. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you invite me to it, I'll play it. But if you don't, I'm okay. Um, but no, I don't think I had anything. Oh, and Marlene sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we went into Marlene sucking. Oh, you we did. To, you just had to say it again. We did, but I thought more about it. And I really, <laughs> as much as I love the story in that game, I wish it was, I wish I liked it more. I just like the character so much. I wish the story itself was better. Well, maybe you'll get that for Last of Us too. Maybe. All right. So join us next week for Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. And for two player bros, I'm Mike. That's Dave. Keep on gaming. Woo. Woo.